0: Oh, Sushi fans, happy Friday, man. I am stoked because we're going to get a little bit smarter up in here. You know, I mean, we kill it with memes. We kill it with uh, trashy content. We love clickbait. uh, We love all the stuff that keeps us (laughs) entertained. But I don't think you guys know this, that Cairo Sushi also thinks research is sexy. And I'm going to hashtag that and give credit to Dr. Monique Andrews on that because I got to see this individual host – um, kind of a mini philosophy discussion really, really super early at the mile high uh, last August. Um, and I thought it was the best part of the whole program, the, one of the best parts of the whole program all weekend, if we were considering a couple different parts. And uh, I got to talk to Dr. Dan Lyons, who's joining us today about his upcoming, he's a part of the Cairo progress.org, which puts on a, the adaptability symposium, which uh, there's still a few seats left Um if you're really concerned about subluxation, I would say this is a huge thing that I would that I would at least take interest in. Second, I would also encourage to attend. I want to thank my uh, my partner today, Dr. Dan Lyons. How you doing, my man?
1: Wonderful. Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, so we we got to meet in Denver, and uh, you know you, you ran the philosophy. Uh, portion morning panel with some really, I mean, I mean, what a panel! Monique Andrews, um, David Russell, Donnie Knowles, Amy Haas. Yeah, Amy Haas. Talk to me about the merging of philosophy and research, and the differences and where they can con- collaborate together. And 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 I'll, I'll I'll throw it out there. Start there.
1: Uh, great. So I mean, we've all heard the proverbial three-legged milking stool analogy for the profession. So there's the philosophy, the science, and the art. And if you take any one of those three out of there, you lose the profession. And so really you can't take one without the other. But the science tells us what's our current state of knowledge. What do we know? And the philosophy is what really puts it in its place in the universe. And so it doesn't have – you can have, you know, uh, two plus two is four – is that's a fact, but it doesn't have any meaning without context. And the philosophy is what gives everything the context. Got it. And, and so, you know, in the evidence, evidence, evidence-based side, you know, they only want what they have evidence for. They're not willing to really look outside of that um, little purview. They don't have the perspective to understand what they should be looking at. And when you look at our, uh, most of the scientific studies out there, most of the, the best science supporting chiropractic is not done by chiropractors, which is mind boggling. It's done by neurologists and, and physiologists and people that have no concept of what we do.
0: Now, are they studying chiropractic or are they studying things like chiropractic? Where, where are we missing the boat in
1: chiropractic and how, and how are they getting their hands on what we're, we're, we're doing? Well, they're just studying the, studying the physiology of the body okay. and learning more about it. And we seem to be more intent on, you know, building a bigger Medicare, better Medicare mousetrap, you know, by saying that, you know, uh, when it comes to certain types of headaches in a certain population that not even chiropractic, but manipulation and, you know, ice and stem and sound, do a great job at you know, helping let's, people let's with those go there. symptoms.
0: Let's go there, because those guys are pricks to me, and this is Kairosushi, Sushi. It's my show. I can say whatever I want. This does, right. the, this does not reflect the many of my guests, but I'm going to say it. There's a bunch of people, preferably up in Toronto, Canada area. There's a lot of them up north, right, that they come from there. And, I mean, how many more things do we need to hear about low back pain in chiropractic? That's that's one thing. too. what are they getting wrong about our side, and I'm going to say that's my side, uh, vitalistic salutogenic whatever you know subluxation chiropractic what are they not getting that we are doing right and and why are they so pissed at
1: at us oh, well you know I hate to speak for someone else but you yeah. know what what they I'll tell you what they get right about that side the uh, the uh, the vitalitist is is that it they cling to bumper sticker philosophy you know above down inside out Power that made the body heal heals the body. You know, I, I move the bone, God heals the body. Those are slogans, unless you really understand the philosophy. And if you read, you know, if you take Stevenson's textbook and and look at it, a lot of those concepts have been proved by science. You know, it's it's a quantum philosophy book. And I hate to use the word quantum because of how that's been pirated <laughs> by by the you know the rah-rah uh, you know, <laughs> science. We'll so we're going to <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you could hand that book to a quantum physicist, and they'll be they'll be interested well, in
0: why, it. Why why don't the MSK evidence based people? Why are they against that research then? Uh,
1: I, you know, I can't speak to, to yeah. that. I I can't. I don't know. To me, it's so self evident. It, it's frustrating. But um, a lot of them, you know, it's it's about driving dollars. You know, they, they, if you want to get paid more and you want to have insurance pay for more, then you have to be able to justify that somehow. Job security is what I'm hearing, right? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, there, we we know lots of all cash practices that are big that do very, very well. They don't care about the, the science. They don't care what Medicare says. Yeah. So it's not a necessity unless you have that mindset. And a lot of them are stuck in inside the uh the educational system, where you know c c e leans on people and and says this is what you have to do, so when you have those type of constraints placed upon you, you kinda either play within their rules or you get asked to leave
0: now the objective straight in me wants to dive right into adaptability with you because i've i've had this conversation with Steve Tullius and other friends in in, in the profession that said maybe I was leaning a little bit too heavy on adaptability because it used to be kind of my out for, well, I can do anything I want because I get checked and corrected. Now I necessarily don't think that's the truth anymore in my mid thirties as I felt age kind of creep up on me now. Mid Yeah. let's yeah. talk about adaptability and the adaptability symposium. W- what does adaptability in chiropractic mean to you and what do you want it to mean to others?
1: Uh, What does it mean to me? I guess, you know, and that's, let me jump and preface that. That is a problem is that we don't get to redefine terms, you know. Chiropractic is the detection and correction of vertebral subluxation, period. You know, you don't get to add things. We don't get to change those definitions. You know, the, the definition of vertebral subluxation has been laid down. You can read it in Stevenson's. We don't get to change it. And so adaptability is the body's ability to adapt. And it's constant. You've got stress. Everybody thinks that stress is a bad thing. Stress makes you strong. Stress makes you smart. And if you fail to adapt to stress, then you have problems. And so everybody has a certain amount of innate ability to adapt. Some people have more than others. Uh, if you're feeling this tired at 30, I'm going to say you have less than <laughs> than some oh, people. I'm not
0: tired. I'm just talking about oh, throwing hard. stuff on that I, you know. I always used to joke, man, I could get up after a drink, a night, a night, good night of drink, a Fred Barge session and be, like, ready in three hours. Now it takes me six.
1: I'll say. Yeah, but, you know, at, at 70, Fred was having, still having Fred Bard sessions and still being first one in the room. Yeah. So he had more than anybody.
0: Oh, no, and, every, and that's my joke about it. everyone was like, you're not going to be up for the research thing. And I go, I'm right and ready, man. He was.
1: Third row. Third row. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I honestly didn't think you were going to be there either.
0: Yeah. But, I okay, so I love that you just said that. So part of the problem could be a little bit of sales gurus in in and in, and i'll and i'll take I'll take some responsibility for that because we always think it's got to be the story and the narrative in the communication process to the to the practice member, your your people, right? So maybe that's a little bit of the shit we we screw up sometimes. But I love that you said, hey, you can't change the
1: definition. Um, and, I, and if I can jump in, I think part of it is that. Uh, you know pretty much any other profession when you graduate or get your your become a journeyman or whatever you, you go to work for someone and you got a support system where most of us all of a sudden we're an island out there unto ourselves and we are looking for patients for us to pay our bills yeah and and you don't have that support necessarily so then you start to tweak things and and out of necessity for, for money. Some people, that's why people change. I mean, the first, the first people to go outside of Palmer and do something other than chiropractic did it because they had another career before that. They were a medical doctor. They were a dentist. They had some other learning that skewed their, their thought process. And that's why BJ said he'd rather have someone with no education than someone with education because he didn't have to make them unlearn what they already yeah. learned. So they already had a frame of reference. They already had a philosophy, and then they're trying to fit chiropractic into that philosophy instead of owning chiropractic philosophy and then fitting everything else in there.
0: One of your uh, – so we're going to dive into a couple of your, the speakers at the the upcoming – guys, if you're joining us live or you're listening to this on the podcast with Dr. Dan Lyons, uh, you can go to chiroprogress.org. Uh, one of the things I'm pimping out right now for you guys is Adaptability Symposium 2018 in Chicago, the city I was conceived in, special place to me. Um, and it's it's one of your speakers there uh, wrote uh, for the – it's Dr. Mark Swerlick wrote a great piece for I believe it was Journal 2 in the Sherman Chiropractic Philosophy Journal, and it was related to what the ADA, the American Dental Association, did with Dentistry and, and mm-hmm. what we should be doing in chiropractic with, you know, at least getting people checked for subluxations, um, but you're not going to reach everyone. And, and there's been always this talk of like, you know, you know, every child, man, woman on the planet getting checked and corrected for retable subluxation, which we know is sense. never going to happen. Right.
1: Yeah. It makes sense. It's a goal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good goal, but it's, you know. In this, country, in this country, really, there's no reason it shouldn't. I mean, it's like the, you know, the dentists did a great job of educating because 100 years ago, they were quacks, you know, uh, but they banded together through marketing, and now everybody goes. But they're, uni- they're unified in their message, right? Like you said, yes. you can't change the definite. You can't
0: no. Everyone knows what a cavity is, and there's no different meaning to cavities.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right? So and Mark, when you go and when you go to their office the procedure is always the same. The walls change color, the smocks change color, maybe one doctor's a man or a woman or right-handed or left-handed, but you know when you go to the dentist, you know what's going to happen. You know,
0: yeah, that's that's very true. And so Mark talked about that in in his journal which I encourage everyone to kind of check that that book, the volume 2 is very very good. Well, let's talk about like Mark and and a couple other people that are are some of the most more polarizing, I believe polarizing figures in chiropractic. Mark and uh, Rob Sinnet, who uh, it can be a, a, a surly, a surly dude in the industry when it comes to—he's uh, very protective of of the of, of chiropractic in his way, and you have to respect that. You have some powerhouses there. What are people going to get out of these powerhouses, including yourself and other people there? What was the goal of the adaptability symposium?
1: Well, there's a couple of goals, and uh, for for the attendees, we want to expose you to the to the reality that, you know, our three keynote speakers, our PhDs have nothing to do with chiropractic. Uh, um, In fact, the keynote, Bernson, he, he, his, his son was, was a chiropractor for a while, but stopped practice. Um, Interesting thing. But they don't, they don't do chiropractic. They never looked at chiropractic. And so, you know, we look at HRV and other tools as a mes- uh, way to measure our physiology and determine, are we actually producing the changes that we uh, philosophically know should be possible, physiologically know should be possible. But, uh, you know, a lot of times it, it comes back to the pop and pray and walk away. Well, you know, I adjust them, how do you know? Well, I put a force in, I heard a sound, you know, that's pretty much what most of the research that comes out of most of our chiropractic colleges you know, that's the determining point. Well, you know, we put a thrust in, we heard a sound, so an adjustment was given. That's not an adjustment. That's that's an adjusted force, but that's like saying I put a nail in a wall and, and hit it a couple times with a hammer. That doesn't mean that you nailed one board to another properly. Yeah. So, so if you're not using the tools properly, you don't know if you did the job properly, and I know that's going to step on some toes, but really we have to look at those things. So we do it to expose people to a, a higher level, a higher standard, uh, of practice and analysis, um, and then to show the profession that there's a bunch of serious scientists that are, are doing work that supports us that they don't even realize that they're doing. And then we also kind of blend the two. So they get to know us, and, and we get to know them, and then they become a little more interested in us. So like last year, uh, our, our keynote speaker was Yori Gidron. Who's teaching and doing his work in France now, and he and I are are working on a couple things, uh, looking at HRV and and spine. And I'm going to present present a little bit of that stuff, my findings a little prematurely this weekend, but show you what what we're working on. But he didn't know anything about chiropractic till he came over, and then you know quickly uh, a couple of the seminars in, in Europe grabbed him to to tie into the adaptability, the science, and, and the quantum stuff. So it starts with you guys. I mean, wow. you, I'm going I'm I'm to say the nerds, lovingly. Okay, <laughs> not a nerd. I'm wearing a football right. jersey. I'm not a nerd. <laughs> Respect, man. Respect. Right.
0: Um, and I bring it to one other nerd, David Fletcher, who's brought in the HR. So I look at it from the outsider in a little bit perspective, right, where I'm going, okay, HRV is really blown up. Who do I attribute that to? I attribute that to, to CLA, and that takes a sales team and a sales force and a marketing machine to get it to the doctors, right? And then the doctors are pretty much like, HRV, this is cool. But you guys are much deeper, obviously. You understand the pros and the cons of HRV. Tell me about HRV today in the chiropractic model, What what is right about it, what we might not understand, and where you think it's going.
1: Uh. What is right about it is a possibility. I mean, it does a great job, depending upon your tool. You know, uh, let me let me start with what's wrong. Uh, Anybody can grab a Polar belt and download Elite Elite HRV or probably two dozen other apps and start saying they're doing it. And okay, so there you're, you're using something that's not, you know, designed for or legally allowed for patient use, and you you can't look at based on the, what you said. Uh, I've, yeah. I've had a few people ask me and say, I'm doing this. And I'm like, you know, I, I have that. I use it for my own personal thing, but, uh, when I'm not in the office, but it, you really shouldn't be using that for, for patients. Okay. Um, you know, uh, the downside is that it's, it's pricey, you know, uh, CLA's unit. When I, when it first came out, I had one, it was like, uh, 10, 10 grand. Um, but if you're gonna get in, you're gonna spend a few thousand dollars. Um, and CLAs is, uh, it's fairly easy to, to give a patient an idea of what they should, what they're looking for. And that's, you know, when we have Mark Swordlick come in uh, and do this, the whole thing is to make everything that is said throughout the whole weekend usable to take yeah, into yeah. the office. Because we're all speaking one language, and then Mark says, "Okay, here's what you have." All to right,
0: say. he's going to say, "Shut, nerds!" Right? Like
1: exactly. Me, yeah. No, he goes. You know, I don't care what Rob and Dan and these guys said. This is how you explain it okay. on Monday okay, morning. So that's good. No.
0: Okay, that's that's how I look at
1: things. Because without that, it's it's useless. So what's what's good about it is you're able to look at the physiology in a much deeper, much more global meaning. Like uh, last year's keynote speaker, Yuri Gidrin. He uses it to determine whether or not you're going to survive your cancer. You can be stage one and he'll tell you don't buy any green bananas and you can be stage four and he'll say, you know what, you know, you want to plan some trips, go ahead. Uh, And he's the best in the world at doing that. You can monitor, you can spot people with with physiological problems, you know, including an up to PTSD and where you wouldn't be able to tell that otherwise. You're able to get an idea of who's going to respond to care uh, probably a little faster than you expect and who is going to be a little bit slower than you expect. The downside is, is that everything affects it. You know, you get really, really pissed off the day before too. You have a huge emotional trauma. Uh, you you're a CrossFitter and you just leave it all in a gym a couple days before it's going to affect those things. And so as a profession, we have to accumulate the data to say, so we can start to filter out some of those things. And so the, the work that I'm doing is trying to show, you know, cervical curves, cervical degeneration, uh, forward head posture, how much of an impact did those have on HRV? Got it. Okay. So. Which
0: requires repetition and more, more, more people. Right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, so the possibilities though it seems really really cool um from a perspective of like what you were talking about mark's going to make it simpler for people and to communicating it which is awesome what are some things that we're not looking at that you would like us to look at too besides hrv is pulse um uh what were the things i See, I worked in an alley. I worked with my ex who was an OBGYN and we had all those cool tools. We had a pulse oximeter thing. I used to do that yeah. are is that something we we are doing in chiropractic
1: should be doing is that i don't I don't think there's any physiological measurement that's that's wasted okay at at this point you know um, and there are probably you know a few things that we do and that we could skip over, but we need to. You know, think outside the box and start measuring things. You know, most of us are not, not scientists. Most of us are uh, more eager just to get to the adjusting. I mean, but isn't easier- that?
0: The, I'm going to break. Isn't that? Isn't that where? Fuck it. I'm going to say it. That's what becomes the burden of the chiropractor, I believe, right? Because they come in and they they this they get all this great information and there's different sources. There's the rah-rah, there's the philosophical, like we talked about at the beginning, a dub down inside out. Then there's this really cool, like deep neuro stuff and the quantum stuff like we were talking about. But then it becomes like, yeah, but you're paying me for my body when you could be getting me for my brain. And the one thing that MDs do really well, having, you know, like I said, been around them, is when when practice members work with them, they're working with them for their brain. Now, surgery is different. And, and you could combine that, too, into both. And there's there's arguments in the medical world that, you know, you have certain docs that make fun of the orthos because they're like the jocks and they're not really, right. you know. So there's all that kind of bullshit that goes on, too. But uh, we're not unique. I'm going to say that in the battles. I don't know. But you said we're not scientists, but couldn't we play that more that we are that chiropractors
1: are not me, obviously. Well, well, no, we should be, we are, I mean, we have a philosophy, we have a science and we have an art, but all we ever focus on is the art because the adjusting, when you go to school, it's everyone knows who the best adjuster is in your class. No one pays attention to who's the best at the science, the palpation, the the reading of the x-rays, uh, the uh, instrumentation, you know, the, you know, going through the the Merrick chart and using symptoms to deduce that. No one, no one plays any attention to that. Um, You know, the guy that gives the best spiz speech, maybe, you know, in, in lieu of philosophy. So everybody knows who that guy is or that gal is. And we know who the best adjusters are, but we don't focus the science part. That's it's the nerdy, boring part. So no one wants to do that. But, Being able to find a subluxation is the crux of what we do. Otherwise, we're just a you know a monkey banging on a on a spine, right? And that's really what I I think the profession has largely become. I mean, there's no analysis. I about eight out of every ten new patients that come to
0: chiropractors, I I think that they they jaded, angry chiropractors that are lost.
1: Yeah, you know, it doesn't take any analysis to do a ring dinger.
0: hold on hold on hold on sir hold
1: on that's not even chiropractic
0: <laughs> your chiropractor might disagree
1: with you there uh, uh, he, <laughs> do that one more time uh do the voice again
0: dan lions <laughs> i i agree to disagree well's vagina <laughs> so so wait 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 but if, if 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 okay so i titled this research is sexy I'm going to ask you how do we make it cool? How do we make I mean cuz I mean I can encourage people to get out to Chicago. Um, what 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 do we need to do? This is part of my goal and mission like we talked about in Denver. Yeah. So, hey, I want to start, hey, we're cool at Chiro Sushi. Let's make research cool. What would be how how would you say we can make research cooler and more accessible and digestible to the average chiropractor and more importantly, the students? Who are in the traps of falling down the hole of the best adjuster and the best spister?
1: Um, you know, I would say you it is. It's it's the only thing having the science and then the marketing explaining the science is the only thing that's gonna move that needle and on the, it, it, on the it, profession.
0: It, give me the science and I can make more money than I'm I'm in.
1: Yeah. So yeah we get to the point so we can have a a set of an analysis tools that and procedures that will let you be 100% certain that this is going to improve this person's life that's the only thing that matters you know so is the subluxation everybody comes in cuz they have a symptom pretty much everybody comes in because they have a symptom. If they haven't heard a chiropractor before, if you've got a wellness patient, you know, someone that's there for protection care, they're gonna come in, they'll bring their family in. But everyone else comes in, it's still, you know, between 60 and 80% of the people walking the door come in because they have a low back issue, okay? Mm. And so then making sure that you move the needle on their life every time, that is what we need to do. And you know, the. What is it? The most famous BJ saying that he never said was, you know, he hit everybody ass in the shovel, 70% get better, 20% get worse, 10% stay the same. Um, you know, he I can't find that he ever said that anywhere. But it's it's fairly true. There's a lot people getting ring I think dingers Parker get better. Said that. People, I think Jim said that. Who Jim Parker said that. Was it Jim Parker? All right. Yeah. I'd always heard it attributed to BJ. So maybe he, yeah. yeah, maybe Jim did say that. So, but still, there's a reason that that 30% didn't get a result. And maybe it is that their case, uh, their symptom was not related to chiropractic. You know, and then you have, you mentioned the objective straight part. You know, uh, objective straight is great, but we have lives, we have symptoms, we have physiology. And if you have a subluxation Eventually, you're going to have a symptom. So, it doesn't mean that every symptom is caused by that or that you should run your practice or your life by that, but you have to respect that. And so, we need to be able to improve physiology, not just give them a little endorphin rush because they hear a cavitation. Yeah. And that does happen.
0: What, I'm going to give you a couple things uh, to, to, to give me a little bit about people I, I might not know and what uh, to kind of help promote this a little bit. Guys, you join us live. Adaptability Symposium 2018 is going to go on September 28th, 29th in Chicago. Um, you can yeah. still – I guess there's still some some seats left. We already talked about Dr. Swerdlich, uh Dr. Sinnott, uh, people know. I don't know uh, – Let's talk about uh, uh, John Goodfellow. I don't think I've ever even heard of him before. What,
1: what do we need to know about John? Uh, besides being one of the nicest guys in the profession, uh, he is absolutely brilliant. Upper cervical uh, specific. So Bud Crowder, who was uh, on the Palmer board, one of B- he was BJ's chiropractor. Um, John interned with him. And, and when Bud got sick, he went and took over. That's who Bud had come in and take over that practice for a while. So you're talking about someone that is, you know, heir to the person that BJ let adjust him. So as far as his, his chiropractic pedigree and what he's capable of, he's that. He's still upper cervical specific. He's in Chicago, but he's insanely smart and a techie. Uh, this is the guy that goes out and builds his own HRV unit. You know? oh, cool. he's, he's like a MacGyver of chiropractic. Oh, cool.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. I gotta, um, tell
1: me about one of the key. It looks like a keynote. or he
0: might be uh, a vendor, but Dave Lozano, Lozano, Lozano. from LineWare looks like they make technology for life science and neuroscience.
1: Yep. So uh, another brilliant guy uh, makes HRV units. The um, a lot of research. Uh, he's out at o- at Ohio State, and the their Software is amazing for analyzing this. I mean, you can pick it apart. Uh, you can go on a beat by beat basis. The analysis, yeah. all the different, the Fourier transfer, and all the different forms of analysis. Uh, you're able to take your data set and look at it every single way. And if you're if you're on the adaptability page or you're on Robinson's page, and you you see where he's talking about cleaning up some of these beats. Uh, very often, that's the software he's talking about using because it is the state of the art in uh, HRV analysis software, and the hardware is excellent too. The, you know, the downside is, is that it's um, uh, they haven't yet had it approved for uh, use in patients. So when you go to, I've, I've been out to the seminar there. They have all the. Uh, Everyone there is working in a a research lab, and they look at us, why are you chiropractors here? They're like, we eat this stuff too. <laughs> what? We can't be smart and nerdy as well?
0: Of course, we we got some good ones out there. Yeah. Uh, I the main the biggest question of all is, obviously, we have our Spitz Fest, we have our marketing and sales fest, we have all this stuff. Do the research, guys. Do you guys have walkout music like WWE wrestlers?
1: Uh, we we are this time. I think uh, I'm going to come out to Voodoo Child by uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, not uh, Jimi Hendrix. And uh, I, I think Rob's coming out to Walking on Sunshine. And... <laughs> no, so, uh no. I don't think we we do that. Okay, we might want to talk about that
0: down the road. Oh, okay, that's, All right. that, you cannot have a seminar in 2018 and beyond without having WWE walkout music for your speakers okay uh, I
1: I'm mean, pass out lighter so we can all just yeah uh, instead um, of fireworks
0: it, it, to, to close out with research is sexy and uh, you know we know the power or the impact that chiropractic can have on on uh, really 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 sick people I think that there's a trend now Hopefully, it, with the right people that are, they're starting to get back to that. You know, I'm a big supporter of Bobby Deutscher at, at the Oklahoma Children's Center. Um, my father has been a big; they've been friends for years and all. And and where do we look at? Do we ever see having something like the BJ Palmer Clinic back again, uh, where they were? They have like, like the really really sick cases that we've talked about in the green books, is that doable
1: now? Is that something in, in, that people are looking to build again? I haven't heard of anybody trying to build something like that. You know, you do have little pods of, of clinics where you have like three, four five docs working together and, and doing high volume and something like that. But the research clinic, you know, the beach, BJ Palmer's research clinic was one of a kind. I mean, you didn't pay for care. You had to pay, pay by his rules. Uh, you know, you got drug tested every day, and just to amass that kind of research would be phenomenal. I think there's too many constraints to mm-hmm. do a lot like that right now. If you were going to do try and replicate that, you know, and you, you had the Spears Clinics and yeah, uh, in Colorado back in the day, and you know, and then Oak uh, not Oakley Haven, but the uh, Clearview and yeah. Forest Park, you know, the the, the sanitariums. It would be amazing to have those. The hard part is the legality of it. And then everybody's so polluted on, on chemicals. Technique. Yeah. Pardon? Technique? I was gonna say I was jumping the gun, but no, no, not technique. I mean, you know, Fred Barge used to say uh, that all effective effect how do you say it? All efficacious techniques are effective, are good. Good. Uh, and, and he, he joked that he used the all force non-directional technique. Um, you know, but if you're, if you're good at figuring out where you have to intervene and what force and what vector, then it's all good. you know, you know, my wife and I, when she practiced, she did not, I'm Gonstead. She's not, you know, that kind of freaks a lot of people in the Gonstead world out. And what they you learning know, uh, a non-Gonsteader? Yeah, that I married a non-gangster, so you know it's, you it's not, love, baby. It's you get love, invited baby. Invited
0: to like certain meetups and dinners now, or what? Pardon? <laughs> I, did you get pushed out of certain dinners and meetup groups, or
1: what? Yeah, yeah, you know how it is. No, but you know there is some of that. I had, when I was out at uh, uh, Mile High, I had a couple of students come up and and have those conversations because you know you, they saw me talking to, with Donnie Epstein and some non gonston people and where they go to school, you know, you don't cross those lines. And, I'm telling you, man, um, I'm
0: writing, I'm writing, I'm writing a book about the parallels between the WW, the world wrestling federation and chiropractic. There are so many freaking parallels that when people see it, they're going to look and go, Holy shit, because that is just, that's fucked up. But um, running out, i running I want to ask you, I ask, always ask people weird questions before I leave. Uh, I'm going to jump right into it with you. If you, First of all, are you a D.D. Are you a B.J. guy? And
1: I don't mean B.J. guy by that sense of the term. Are are we all? Um, I'm a B.J. guy. Okay. And just because of the the width and breadth of what he did on the science side to really look and figure out what we had here. You know, the 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 biggest thing when you look at the old uh, at the green books is. You know, they're not philosophy books. They're science books. It was the level of science they had at the time. But they didn't have anything. They didn't have computers. They didn't have it I mean, look at how screwed up we are as a profession. And we pretty much have most of the big stuff figured out. They didn't have any of it. They figured it out on their own. Yeah. Damn
0: freaking accreditation and insurance fucking us up. <laughs> Uh, if you were to have dinner with one dead chiropractor, who would it be? And what would your top, what would your
1: tone of conversation be about? Can I pick two? Yeah, you can. I would sit down with Clarence Gonstead and his brother Merton. Okay. There are two and two big Gonstead clinics here in Wisconsin. And most people don't know that Clarence had a brother. Um, they patched I did, together I for a few that. years. Just, that, that's new to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the, the two big clinics were built the same year. They were built by different architects, but both were students of Frank Lloyd Wright. Clarence's clinics, all angles. Merton's clinics, all curves. Uh, both are still in operation, um, but uh, Merton wanted to do some uh, Thompson uh, uh, drop work, and he didn't want to do some of the uh, he thought the dural traction with like the lateral flexion of the head and the cervical chair, he didn't want to do that. And so that, you know, they, they parted ways, but, um, amazing. And he, at least in Wisconsin, we would not still be able to take full spine films if it weren't for, uh, Clarence's nephew, Kurt, who passed away a few years back. Um, you know, still amazing clinics. Uh, so Clarence's, I guess it would be as grandniece and grand nephew are still running that clinic in Beloit. So I'd want to sit down and talk to the two brothers at the same time. Uh, because they looked at all kinds of different things. Yeah. Uh, you know, where today, if you do a technique, you just do that technique. You don't look outside of that typically. Um, you know, Clarence looked at uh, Illy's work and Desjarnet's work and, you know, uh, Pierce's work, and they just took what, what they liked out of it or what they saw as working and incorporated it into their own work and mm-hmm. you know you know pierce was amazing cuz uh, you know i can't think of a a doctor that had a technique you know his own technique that was willing to change his mind and say he was wrong and, and change direction as often as him he'd do that you know every you know 5 7 years it seemed like I saw him do it at, at a Palmer Homecoming one time. No, 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 it's not C5, it's it's this, because uh, I, I thought it was that, but now I found it's this.
0: I'm going to give you a couple name, word associations. First thing that comes to your mind, just
1: really organic.
0: Let Nate speak. Hopefully, hopefully it's not speaking Spanish today. And, and um, Nate
1: doesn't do that.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Just I poking know that.
1: A, poke the bear. <laughs>
0: I just love fucking with everyone. It's fun, man. Uh, network chiropractic.
1: Interesting. Donnie Knowles. Uh Donnie Knowles. Donnie Epstein. Donnie Epstein. Yeah, I do that Donnie all the
0: time. I do that all Kim Burkus. Catch uh-huh. me again. I did it again.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. he's a fascinating individual, and he's got awesome boots. <laughs> um uh Sid Williams. Sid Williams. Tall and nice hair. Nice <laughs> uh, hair. He was funny. He's funny. Sid was funny. subluxation. Not a complex. <laughs> Mark Swordlick. Mark Swordlick. Uh, awesome. Um,
0: practice management.
1: Ooh. Um, unnecessary Evidence-based chiropractic Very not necessary (laughs) Uh, uh, I I have a whole thing I I took Stephen Pearl 15 years ago put out a a slideshow and I took and redid it slide for slide and used all his points to prove how unnecessary they were Uh, Brooke Lyons. Lovely. He Uh, is. uh, That heart there is big.
0: Yeah. Uh, Chiropractic. Untapped. Chiropractor. Heartwarming. All right, man. One last question. Let's pretend you're in Miami next year at the Cairo Sushi Summer Camp. And you got a young student coming down the uh, with you in the elevator at the Fountain Blue, and they're got thirty seconds with you to pick your brain. your pick some pearls, wisdom. They're going to be starting out their journey and their their uh, their new adventure. What do you share with them for their future?
1: Study every form of analysis as much as you can, and you have a, a an extremely bright future. But if you focus on getting the people on the table and moving the bone, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Anybody, anybody can move a bone. I mean, I've been teaching technique since I was in school and I can teach anybody to move a bone. But if you can't figure out how to make sure you're on the right bone in the right direction in the right time, you're going to make some people very unhappy. <laughs>
0: Hey, man, this has been one of my favorite interviews. Tell those research guys I'm not that bad. I, uh,
1: I'll try. I'll try. It <laughs> <You, you laughs> might uh, cost you a couple drinks.
0: Uh, that, that's no problem. Guys, uh, the Adaptability Symposium, highly encourage you guys to get out there. Get outside your box, especially those kind of hanging out in, in the sushi community. Um, there's a lot of great researchers, a lot of great innovation scientists, smart people that can help you serve your communities better. It's time to start relying on them. Start making research sexy. This guy's doing it one step at a time. Thank you, Dan Lyons, for joining us, giving us some time today, brother.
1: Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Cool, man. We'll see you
0: guys. Peace.